one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, Each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We're cars, cars, cars. cars. <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You may remember that at the end of last year, we partnered up with Active Digital to give away an Apple AirPods Pro to one lucky listener. Well, I'm excited to say that Active Digital are back sponsoring this episode and giving away another set of AirPods. Active Digital is a multi-award winning mobile business provider. A brother and sister organization, they've been providing mobile and digital solutions for over three decades, offering their clients a wealth of knowledge and expertise. As an Apple reseller, Active Digital provides mobile devices, digital solutions, and cloud services to UK organizations, including the GB Olympic teams. They work closely with all UK mobile networks and have won global customer service awards for 10 years in a row. Does your business have 25 mobiles or less? Well, Active Digital can now tailor you a quote in less than 10 minutes. Just head over to activedigital.co.uk and check out the Business in 10 section. And if you're interested in winning those AirPods Pro, head over to the Active Digital YouTube channel, which I've linked in the description of this episode, subscribe to the channel and comment on their latest video saying that I or Behind the Glass sent you. Good luck. We have got so many new patrons in the last week. Have we? Oh my God. I think since we announced the live podcast shows... The fact that initially they're only going to be available to patrons. People went mad and signed up to the page like, wow, I just like the world was ending. Uh, Yeah, I mean, thank you, by the way. Secondly, I think probably people are just a bit excited to go out. (laughs) Go out and do something. Yeah, just go out. Let's just look. Yeah, that's a day we can do. And I'm excited. Me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have to say a quick thank you to Stirls88, Jonathan Caddick, uh, Wayne Horton, Philip Faber, Richard Whitting, Josh Petit, Petit, John Petit, uh, Oliver Cook, Ollie, Ollie Maslin. I mean, the list just goes on. I can't, I'm going to run out of time. We're going to be here for an hour if I read them all out. But Amazing. Thank you for signing up. You're all legends. We appreciate it massively. Now, it's been an exciting few days for both of us. Yeah. Well, where should we start? Well, you um, 
you uh, released a bombshell, was it yesterday or the day before? I did a little bit because <laughs> yes, I teased it ever so slightly. It was the it was the smallest of teasers last week. The fact that I do now have the keys to a Jaguar F Type <laughs> and a green one, green and tan, mate. Yeah, it's pretty stunning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. It looks very good. So to to clear up, in case you haven't caught up with the main channel videos, uh, on Sunday I released a video uh, revealing that a Jaguar F Type is back in the garage. Uh, now I have to basically thank the geniuses at Jaguar's UKPR team for this because uh, you may remember at the start of the year I filmed with the Alexander Prestige F Type SVR and I declared. 2021 would be the year and F-Type would be coming back to STG. And I watched your video and you put that overlay as well because I thought I better watch this one. Yeah, because, just to know what you're talking about. Because I knew you were going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I did admit in that video that I needed to sell some things. Like it wasn't going to happen immediately. I've got 55 cars downstairs. I need to sell some stuff. I need to free up some money. And I need to decide whether I want to get an old shape SVR, a new shape car, or even somehow get Magnitude Finance to get me in a Project 7. So all of these things were, you know, factors. And after that video went live, Jaguar got in touch and said, hey, Zan, we saw, we saw that you're going to get another F-Type. That's great. When's it going to happen? And I told them, probably not for a while. And they went, well, should we just stick you in an F-Type now until you've bought one? Yes, please. <laughs> I was like, oh, that would be a fantastic <laughs> idea. And so, yeah, I, I sort of almost choked on my own breakfast um, when they made the offer. And then it took a few weeks going back and forth to kind of work out which car would be right, which, which would be perfect. The minute they said green and tan, I said, yes, I don't care about the rest of it. I'll take that one. Um, and yeah, it, I think officially the the length of the the loan is until the 31st of December, I think on the mm -hmm. sheet. But they're just like, yeah, just, just let us know when you... Perfect. And I know in general, you're not the hugest fan of convertibles. I actually like a convertible car, by the way. Um, but who cares? I mean... Well, going into the summer... Yeah. Perfect. And you know what? I'm not the biggest fan of convertibles. When their roofs are up... So I've exclusively been driving that car for the last five days or so with the roof down. You get wet? So wet. Really? <laughs> but I think that's part of the experience. Yeah. And last year I did have a, a few good convertible experiences, 911 Speedster being one of the standouts, but also, you know, 488 Pistas and F8 Spiders and all these different things. And I was like, you know what? I, 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 I see the appeal when the roof is down. So yeah, that's kind of like my rule, which I have also checked with Jaguar's PR team saying, by the way, if it gets a bit wet, is that a problem? <laughs> um, would I consider having one? Well, this is my thinking, right? By spending time with a convertible F-Type, it does get me to consider whether I could run a Project 7 in the UK. Because that's the kind of question, right? Project 7 fundamentally doesn't have a roof. It has got sort of uh, I don't know what, a scarf that you can put yeah, across yeah, the, yeah. where the roof should be. Yeah. But you can only go up to like 60 miles an hour and it's flimsy as hell and looks awful. So fundamentally, if I got a Project 7, I could never have the roof on. So that's what this car's allowing me to kind of really come to terms with. Is that realistic or do I need to just calm down a bit, realise that I'm not that rich and I'm not that reckless and just stick with a, a new R or an SVR or whatever? Who knows? I, I, I think that's the thing with a Project 7. I think you just hit the nail on the head. I think because that's a real luxury car that I'm not sure it works that well in this country. No, I don't think it does, but that's kind of the appeal for me. <laughs> I've always liked really stupid cars that Going make very your, little sense. Then your car history. Yeah, I agree. You, you would work out very quickly. That I, don't, I don't like cars that make a lot of sense, but recently I've been very sensible and I feel like, why have I been so sensible? I need to be a bit more silly again. Uh, so we'll see. The, the most amazing thing is now I have that time to, to figure this out and I can just enjoy this new shaped R, the P575, and, and just kick back and relax, save up some money, 
sell some bits when I need to sell some bits and then make the right decision. Yeah, I, I, I like both of them, mate, coupe and convertible me. I, mm. I think it's just personal preference whether you, which one you go for, but yeah. I if I was great. like really, let's just pretend in the next six months behind the glass kicks off, right? Like we get some big headline sponsor, our live events go through the roof, Patreon just goes mad. I would like to have a coupe and a matching convertible E-Type. <laughs> Oh, of a convertible E-Type, yeah. That's E-Type cool. Roadster? Yeah, yeah. In yeah. a matching spec to an F-Type Coupe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. goals. Yeah. And uh, if you're going to do that, I'll go and buy a 16M. Please do. <laughs> with a matching scud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, you uh, also had an exciting few days because you well, kind of went to the, what, your first car event of the last 12 months? <laughs> it must have felt like. Mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 20, 2019 was the last one I went to and... It was supercars. I think they called it a season opener. Uh, Supercar driver. Yeah. Amazing members club. We do talk about them quite a lot, but if you're in the UK and you want to hang out with like-minded petrol heads, check out Supercar Driver. They're ace. Yeah. Uh, Biggest supercar group in the world. Really? Members group? Members, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Fair play. It doesn't doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So um, it was their season opener. They used Goodwoods as the venue. Yeah. I think I believe there's some sponsors on board. So at Romans, Topaz, um, uh, RPM Technic were there. So um, a couple of dealers, garages, some customers. Uh, yeah, so them, uh, and then some members from Supercar. So loads of awesome cars as you can imagine: Lafs, Koenigseggs, F50s, Zondas, Zondas. There wasn't a Carrera GTs. You know, all the Larry bits. There was no 918s. There was a P1 there. There was no, no 9 Really? No. Yeah. And I said that. Maybe all the batteries are packed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. There was um, a Golf liveried um, full GT. Okay. Um, uh, the the new, new one? The new, the new, new one. Oh, wow. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. That, that got a lot of... And actually, to be fair, I'm not the hugest fan of them because just... For the, I don't know Tim will go f- be fuming at this. Show me one fifty if he's watching. Yeah, because of the just because of the value of them, and I know how special the car is, but it is a Ford essentially. <laughs> you can't be <laughs> such a bad snob. I, um, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Like, oh, the text a bit behind the. Well, it is a Ford. I mean, like, that's so true, but also such an awful way to look at that car. But the thing is, right, I, I'm with you where. I've never quite understood the hype. And I think inside I find it uncomfortable and a bit of a joke and blah, blah, blah. But when you see them, they do look like alien spaceships and how they've managed to stay looking so up to date and futuristic, despite the fact that they took 10 years to come out and have been on the road for three years. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. So there was all them cars there. But I was drawn to looking at that car. I, I, I couldn't normally care less about it because... They are so rare. You don't see them that often. It was in a the Golf livery, which I, I can take or leave that livery, but actually on that, it looked nice. Um, and yeah, it's just, just a bit different. Do you know what I mean? Compared to the normal, you know, the laughs and the P1s and the, you know, the normal stuff. There was a lovely um, 675LT there with a roof Ooh. scoop. Oh, a green. I know the in one. Is, isn't it owned by, um, or maybe it was owned by Simon Gregg from... Um, Not sure. What's that dealership below Guildford, south of Guildford? 
Don't know. Oh, come on, mate. Um, <laughs> I thought this was your business. <laughs> well, it is, but it's I don't know everyone. Ta- Bramley's. Bramley's. Oh, Bramley's. Really? Oh, I'm yeah, pretty sure it was either spec by him or owned by him at some point, but it was a stunning car. Yeah. Really stunning car. I mean, we both love a 675 LT, don't we? It's Visually. The only, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the only McLaren I would actually go and buy with my own money Get if I got to that it. point. Yeah. yeah. When yeah, I see yeah. them, I'm just like, oh, it's lovely. Uh, obviously, so I'm assuming you took the the recently repurchased GTR Pro. I did, yeah, yeah. Anything else there that caught your eye that made you regret that decision? No. No. Because I didn't go out on track. Oh, there was actually. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Oh, so, oh, G.I. Yaris. Uh, no, there was a few of them there. <laughs> was a future. I mean, honestly, it turned out to a big supercar and hypercar, mate. There's a 30 grand Yaris in the corner. But how cool is that? If yeah. you were the 30 grand Yaris owner that you can get into those kind of events. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe that they obviously had other cars, but they just decided because of the weather. The weather was awful, by the way. I think they probably just thought, oh, do you know what, I'll just take the Yaris. because, And they're batting round track. You just go flat out in them. Fair. You know, so... JDM swag. Yeah, I didn't go out on track, but... Um, Pussy. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered. You realised um, how bad you're after the girl on the air. They're so similar driving a car on track and the sim. It's basically the same. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the, I, uh, I saw a lowered, messed around with GT3 RS. Back, really? Back in round, and I thought, oh, do you know what? And you like a lowered messed around with... No, 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 no. So it was just not lowered messed around. It was just set up like it was a set up car. Okay. So someone had done the towing and the tow out and... Um, oh, you know it was? It was late in the RMA track days. Fine. So he knew what he was doing. Uh, yeah. So yeah. you've got cup art <gasps> tyres. What, what spec was it? So, uh, silver car, visor oh, car. Okay. Fine. You've probably seen it. I probably have seen it, but yeah, there was yeah. I, when I went to Silverstone for that F430... Experience that was an RMA day, and there was a very nice blue Visac GT3 RS. Yeah, it looked proper. Was that an RMA day you went to? Yeah, yeah. So Leighton would have been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I probably saw yeah, that. Yeah. I probably saw his car as well. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, um, and, and then he was like talking to me about it, and I thought, oh, really? I really should get another one of these. Really, like you know, you know, when you instantly see a Porsche, and, like all day, there was so many cars there, but really, all that was going out on track again were just Porsches. You just heard Porsches all day, just whizzing round so, at a track. It's kind of all you want, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, a bit silly that. Yeah. Uh, well, I was jealous. I, I I couldn't make it down there. I mean, the weather made me feel a little bit better, the fact that I, I wasn't there. But uh, it did look amazing. And it looked like a true sort of, you know, yeah, big proper supercar event, you know, which we haven't seen for ages. Yeah, I just went for the for the social, really, me. Just the nice to uh, nice to see, you know, Adam of Supercar Driver and, and John T and Riyadh um, and just some nice people that I've become friends with over the years through the car group. And, you know, I have, we haven't seen each other for over a year, nearly 18 months. So it was just nice to see people again. So did you have a chance? I'm sure you would have noticed it. Did you see the Automobiliamos Delta Integrale? Yes. The Joe Macari group. With the blue interior. Yeah. How did it look in the flesh? Well, stunning, by yeah. the way, firstly. It wasn't running very well. Um, and no, no, as in, no, I'll take that back. I, it come through the paddock and it was coughing and spluttering, but that's just what they do. It's just completely normal. Um, but it was, honestly, it was one of the cars I thought, oh my God. And you know what? I was with someone at the time we was talking and back in the day, they were like 20 grand, mate. Well, how much are they now? 50, well, 60? Yeah, for a proper one. But, but, but obviously his is a full restaurant. It's the singer of... 
Lancia Deltas. It was stunning. And it's a proper bit. And I just, now that customer cars are starting to hit the ground, different specs and things like that, because obviously his original launch car, which I think was on Grand Tour, was green, was stunning. Um, but but yeah, now that we're starting to see different specs, I, I, they're just so, so cool. Mm. Okay, well, I'm jealous. You, had, you sound like you had a great day. Um, you did mention a Golf livery Ford GT, which means we have to kind of touch on, have you seen McLaren's Golf livery from Monaco? Why are they doing that? It did look cool, but... Money, money, money. Really? <laughs> Money's funny. Really? I mean, like, so the thing is, like, obviously the internet kind of, well, I think they did go mad yesterday when it got unveiled, but there had been some sort of rumours of a, a sort of something special coming from McLaren for the Monaco Grand Prix uh, for a few days. And I think people were expecting a lot. It's obviously, uh, I think it's the 30th anniversary of an Ayrton Senna. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting distracted now. But long story short, they came out with a special one-off livery for the Monaco Grand Prix, which was celebrating their partnership with golf, which is just li- literally, it's money. I mean, golf, as I said, we will pay every single bit of money that we can to have this new livery. I don't know if that's because... For, my question is, the reason I'm stumbling here, why isn't that the livery from day one? <sighs> Do you know what I'm... Well, they probably haven't got enough money. Well, so this is the thing, right? <laughs> We haven't really seen that many one-off liveries in the history of Formula One. We obviously saw it last year with Ferrari's, um, was it the 100th anniversary or whatever it was, the, the big birth that they had, or uh, a 1,000th Grand Prix, sorry. So we do see it here and there, but I just find it a bit, not gimmicky, but it's a bit like, eh, whatever. Like, yeah. and, and I don't think it was that. So I'm the same as you. Like, I'm not a huge like golf livery fan. I know people go nuts for it and there are yeah. some very iconic race cars over the years in golf liveries. But I just saw it and I just feel like, yeah, cool, like, sure. Like, yeah, me too. No big deal. I wanted the Marlboro livery. <laughs> Did you really? That's what I wanted. I was like, if you're going to do a livery, like, come on, do the Marlboro livery and celebrate it properly. Uh, why, while you're on about Formula One, actually, and Monaco, I watched... Uh, an old, well, it wasn't that classic, but I watched the 20, I want to say 2011 F1 Grand Prix round... Ooh, Weber? Um, Vettel. Vettel, okay. With Button behind him. So oh, I, yes. Uh, uh, wasn't there a third driver behind as well for the last, like, 10 laps? An Alonso? Must have been Alonso, uh, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. three of them, yeah, okay. Yeah, so uh, you forget how good F1 cars sounded them as they're going through the tunnel. Unbelievable. I never got to experience Monaco with a big naturally aspirated Formula One car. I've only ever gone when they've had turbo cars. Yeah. And you know, as an observer, I didn't watch it for that long. I was just flicking and I, I watched it for about 15 minutes or whatever. And my observation was how fast they were going, but they just didn't look as fast as the modern ones. Like they're cartoon fast, they're modern F1 cars. And like, even like, you know, because there's a lot of tight and twisty bits and the hairpins and that. Like when they were turning the wheel, you could see that they were really struggling. But then modern cars, they just turn. It, it's it, so weird to see. It's unbelievable when you look at the old footage, how you can see understeer. You can see it, can't Right, you? and obviously back in the day when you were watching it, you never picked up on these things and Martin Brundle was always a bit of understeer. I was like, oh, chill out, mate. Like, because it looked so direct. But now, if you watch a modern Formula 1 race and then go back to 10 years ago, just, yeah, just how much harder they're working at it. Obviously, the cars are a lot smaller, but the tech, so much of it's changed. And yes, the sound adds a lot. But yeah, go back, if anyone wants to, and watch, a, a you know, whatever the poll app is this weekend, then go and watch one from, yeah, 2008, for example. And I think you'll be pretty amazed by just how much the cars have come on. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool thing to see. Now, now this is a not a controversial one, but a one for myself. Did you see that the first few reviews of the Alpha GTAM have come out? 
so I saw I saw some stuff on YouTube. I never watched any of it because I don't care too much for that car. Um, I'm definitely not going to buy one. <laughs> for sure. I only watch YouTube reviews on things that you actually like or I attempted buy. to buy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no wonder my GIRS video has been going so. <laughs> joke um okay so that i'm actually quite excited to share this with you then <laughs> um obviously i made a big fuss about the gtm when it first launched i think you and paul mocked me you've driven it you no 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 but obviously i've been up close with it yeah, did yeah. the walk around and i've just been excited by the idea of it uh we've talked about it a number of times in this podcast but not for a while because things went a bit quiet i guess production delays did i go in on that car did uh, multiple that? times oh, did i multiple times oh dear so uh oh who was it it must have been steve sutcliffe who took it around? It was at Evo. Evo magazine did a hot lap or, you know, leaderboard oh, challenge at Anglesey. Oh, if it's Steve Sutcliffe, I will watch that because he's one of my favourite. So let me just double check. I'm pretty sure it was Steve. Um, dip, 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 dip. Let's just double check this so I don't get you know, it wrong. You know, the only, the only criticism that I have of Steve, he always says nice things. You know, he never really says anything bad, does he? Mm-hmm. I'm he's with such you there. A, he's such a nice man. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't, wholly complimentary about this car. Okay. Um, as uh, as I will continue to allude to, let me just, I don't know why it's taking me so long to confirm that it was Steve that was driving it, but we'll get there eventually. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, so, this car obviously really goes directly up against the Project 8, doesn't it? It's the v- almost identical formula. The Italian version. But when I did my walk around, we came back here and we discussed it briefly and we kind of realised that actually it's done... Such minimal changes over a standard Julia Quadrifoglio, but they're charging over a hundred grand more for the GTAM. Yeah. Whilst the Project A was like a whole new redefining of engineering calibration that could only be left-hand drive because that's the only way they could fit the engine in and they had to change so much, all the body panels changed, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So lap times came around. I will let you guess, how much faster do you think the GTAM was than the Project A, considering the Project A is 200 kilos Heavier than a GTAM. Uh, so the sorry, the Project Eight I think was a one sixteen. I think ran the little circuit. Ran Anglesey, whatever okay. a circuit. So it'd been the little circuit, yeah. Not not. I don't before. know. Uh, well, there wouldn't be a lot in it anyway. Um, it's got more power. The Project Eight. Very similar power numbers. It's it's just that the Project Eight is heavier. Second in it. You think the GTAM was a second quicker? Yeah. Two seconds slower. Really? Two seconds slower. Why? Around Anglesey. Wait a minute. So they've developed a car. They've had three more years to figure it out. It's lighter. Oh my God, what have they done? It's lighter. They've changed less than the Project 8 obviously changed over an XC. So it's essentially a Julia Quadrifoglio with more downforce. With a wing. The downforce is the big thing for them. Yeah. So there are things that I think they said held it back. Firstly, traction. Suspension. They didn't. It was traction, gearbox, and power. They'd have the same gearbox. They'd have a ZF though, sure. Same power. Have. Right. You said the gearbox was not good enough, was not sharp enough, was not Fair. clever enough. Fair. Because as we were talking about earlier off air, you could have the same gearbox. It's all about the calibration of Correct. it. Correct. The gearbox wasn't clever enough. There wasn't enough power in a straight line to get them down the straights, angles and things like that. He just said he wanted a bit more power and it was very traction limited. I wonder if... Um, Project 8 member four-wheel drive. Fair. And judging by what you've just told me, I don't know this, but I'm guessing 
that it's probably the project eight's probably got proper brakes and suspension. As in, what I mean by that, it's got proper. It's a proper bit of kit. It's a race car. Joint proper suspension. Yeah, bloody race car. (laughs) And that's so. I came away from it going, well, what I thought was already potentially a a way to scam passionate Italian customers into a car that made no sense and was pointless, (laughs) is even more of a scam because, fair enough, if they appeared to have done very little, but actually on track it ended up being this absolute monster. Because that's where it's supposed to be, right? That that was the argument. That was the opening piece from Evo was this car's supposed to be at home on track. You look at it and you go, oh, you know, what's really that different? But this is where it should be at its best. But it wasn't even that impressive. Mm. Like if you saw on the leaderboard, I'll try and bring up the full leaderboard now. Um, How much different was it to a normal alpha? I'm not sure. Uh, Let's have a little look. Evo leaderboard lap times. So... um, Go out of, uh, I mean that's embarrassing. If 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 it's not really that much faster than the normal one, so I don't think they maybe have updated it quite yet. So yeah, there's the Project Eight. So it was fifteen point three, and I think I can't remember the exact time because they haven't updated it, but it was um, seventeen or an eighteen, which would put it against like Porsche Cayman nine eleven Lotus Exige. I think it was around a sort of Exige and Aston like. It just wasn't impressive. Nothing it, special. It no. really wasn't a special time. And I was just like, well, what is the point in that car? Well, I mean, I don't know what Paul said, but I mean, I would have said that quite a while ago. What's the point in that car? 157 grand. It's 100 grand more than a standard quadrifolio. And then, I just don't get it. It's a, it just seems like a complete ripoff. Hey, <laughs> I love the idea of it. I love the look of it. I think it's kind of cool, but it just sounds... You know what it reminds me of? M4 DTM. Remember okay. that thing? That uh, was a joke, wasn't it? I remember that thing, yeah. Um, so if it's a complete rip-off and terrible... I don't know if it's terrible, but it's just not better. It's not any better. Does it mean you're going to order one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Almost certainly. That's what I was thinking. That's why I was leading this on to. Is that- <laughs> Because basically, that's it. It's no better. We, we love the Julia Quadrifoglio. It's an incredible car. Yeah. So therefore, buy a Julia Quadrifoglio and just stick a wing on it from Halfords. Uh, or just, no, just leave it. Just leave it, it alone. Leave it as it is. Don't do nothing to it. Because that car, I've got two of them in stock at the moment, actually. Oh, hello. But they are so, I think they're underrated, that car, and doesn't get the love it deserves. Because, okay, it's not quite as good technically wise as in entertainment system as a, as a German car but I think it drives the best out of all of them mate yeah yeah as, as a driver's car it drives the best definitely even better than an M car I'm so with you I'm now a bit confused though because I'm now looking at weird I'm looking at something which is now telling me that the project is slower but in the video the G, the GTA was definitely slower well, that's proof. That's good enough for us. That's all we need to know. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> very factual challenge. <laughs> very factual. We never have a clue what we're talking about. Anyway, let's move on because we're going to embarrass ourselves. <laughs> Main topic for today. Did you see, and you must have seen because there was so much noise about it, the Leonard collection that was selling on collecting cars? Well, I'm glad you bring that up oh. because I was going to as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, today what we're going to be doing is basically going through each of the cars that sold and reacting to the money that they sold for. Mm. So I've heard there's been a lot of rumours about the Leonard collection and who is he and... He's Leonard. Where's... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? The name's on the collection. And why is he selling them? Has he gone skin and this and that? And why are they on collecting cars? And 
So I've done some digging. Oh, God, here we go. He's out of nowhere. I was going to talk about values, but come on, give us the goss. The gossip. So they are brothers. The Leonards. The Leonards. They have a culum. I don't know what they do for a job. I don't particularly care, to be honest. Congrats to them. Congrats to them. I was very envious of their collection because most of them were Porsches. Um, they, I believe, they were just selling them because of maintenance. Nothing to do with it because they can't afford them anymore. And You know, people get... I see this a lot. People think that if you've got a lot of cars, well, it means you've just got loads of money and you're selling them because you haven't got any money anymore. Well, that's not necessarily true. And these lads are obviously sold them because they're not going to use them. Yeah. So let, let's put them out into the market. To be fair, um, collecting cars done a good job. Fantastic job, as we're going to discuss shortly. Oh, okay. I'll leave that bit to you then. Um, I, f- From the owner's point of view, you couldn't really think of many other platform. I mean, the, um, how do you get rid of 70 cars all at once? And one person buy. I mean, it's not a thing. You can't find that man. So I don't think there really would have been a better platform for him to go from. So that, that's that's a that's a, the man's got maximum money for him. And I looked at some of them. Some of them were like bonkers money, mate. Some of them went for, and I thought, who's bought that? Like we can probably find out by usernames, but we'll never really know. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, but yeah. that, that's they were, they were a, a, a group. From what I know, is a group of brothers from Yorkshire. They were selling them because they, they wanted to. They <laughs> just wanted to. Yeah, there, there's no real reason why. Um, very cool that they're very private. That no one really ever knew about this collection. That that really gets the thumbs up for me because I think that's like that's how it should be. Why do Why do you want to buy a car? I know. We, I know that you do that because it's your job to do it. But in general, if you have no reason to put your stuff on social media, why would you do it? But most of the time you're doing it because you're willy waving. It's just a show off piece. So that that's a, that's a, a, a nice thing to do, essentially, to keep them private. So you've looked at this completely differently to me. Like, I, I did not see any of this coming from you, but I'm so intrigued that this has been your sort of reaction to the Leonard Collection. Because... When this went live, and we're talking about how it was sort of posted and how it went live, I was like, oh, cool. Like, what? Cool cars. Like, this is yeah, great. Yeah, this is exciting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really care where they came from. I didn't really know where they came me from. Too. It didn't necessarily intrigue me. I was just like, oh, cool. Like, in the world of auctions, it's not that rare for collectors to sell their entire collection, or at least a large chunk. It does happen in the world of Sotheby's and Christmas. All these big car auctions happen all over the world. That's not that rare. And I think collecting cars have done a couple of cars that have come from smaller collections before it's not the very first time that they've done a group of cars from one collector mm. but it, it's a it's something that makes sense for them as a platform to say copy that kind of auction room format and to sell off collections but a big scoop because as you say the the, the quality of the collection was unbelievable um in terms of posting cars on social media w- we agree and disagree on some of these points there's a part of me which loves some of the collectors out there who promote or publishes or share their cars. Fair. When the name of the account is vague, when it's nothing to do with them, but we as car fans get to enjoy their cars with them because of the content they're creating, great photography, great adventures. I'm all for that. Yeah. Because it's giving back to the car community. I would agree. When it's Bob's cars 
and it's more about Bob and how rich he is and showing you how rich he is and how successful he is. I'm not really into that. That's that's the bit I was talking. So yeah. I'm glad you've you've said clarified. Correct. Yeah. That's exactly it. So you know. Uh, so that's the thing. So I, I agree. Like it's kind of cool. That this came out of nowhere. And it was yeah. like wow. But all I was intrigued by was firstly, can I afford any of them? <laughs> Which I quickly found out I couldn't. <laughs> Secondly, what would they go for? Because collecting cars has been fantastic over the last twelve to eighteen months, and yeah. giving a real insight into the used car market. Yeah. Whilst it's not necessarily the be-all and end-all of values, yeah. as ever with a car, especially a car at auction, it depends on who's bidding on it. Well, at that period of time, it's that specific car. It doesn't dictate the entire market. I don't think. You can correct me if I'm wrong. No, there. they're not going to change the market collecting cars. It's not going to happen. But um, it does give a good insight, right? Yeah, because the market changes the market. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, that, that, you know it's, uh, something's only worth what someone wants to pay for it. That includes that. It includes a mobile phone, it includes, includes anything. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. So that's why it was quite interesting because I don't think you were expecting to see wild values that made no sense, but things could sell strongly, they could yeah. sell weakly. And actually, because the collection was so amazing, it gave us a chance to see similar models mm. selling for different mileage or left-hand drive versus right-hand drive, etc., etc. So it is an amazing case study, but a very exciting moment because also Collecting Cars did a very good job at promoting this collection. They got Chris Harris involved to kind of do a walk around. They were posting and sharing everywhere, photographed beautifully. Yeah. And there was just a lot of hype and a lot of excitement. Yeah. And I personally think looking at just a sheet of paper or my computer screen, that they did an incredible job at probably getting, if it is these brothers that you claim, great money for the majority of their cars because it did create a bit of a frenzy. And I think they've done well. And and the reason why I'd done, I, like I said, I didn't really care. And the reason why I'd done a bit of digging because I saw some comments and some people talking about it and it was literally, oh, they must be going skin. And that wasn't fair on them. So, yeah. that you know, that's the reason why... You're sticking up for them, basically. Yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Yeah. Because you can't... Just because they're selling their collection doesn't mean they're gone skin. That's not really a fair assumption. And if they if they were, who cares as well? Yeah, well, you're in very different WhatsApp groups to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but My the, one were like, what should we buy? This looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. But the, um, the, the biggest thing about all of it is, is that I bet they've made a few quid as well. Well, I mean, yeah, no one's going skimps, but selling cars like this. No, no, no. What so, I mean is, on the collection... For the money that they probably got from. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's, let's go through it now because, you know, I, I think that's what's going to be so amazing. We're going to talk about some of these cars here which, which have performed well based on market values. Well. Or what we would have expected them to sell for. Well, there has never been a better time to sell your car. By Hold on a second, Tony. To sell it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I know, but we have been talking a lot maybe not in the last six months, but definitely last year, how what you would call big money or big attraction supercars were softening off, were a bit of a scary place to be. You don't want to be in that limited... Oh, I was going to say, oh, can Evo rear-wheel drive? <laughs> Tom, let's skip that because Archie and Tom will be right on WhatsApp straight away. I don't mean that, but you know, we've been saying a lot that actually these kind of cars, GT2 RSs and things like that, they're scary places to be at the moment, but right. actually... You're now saying that that's not the case. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I probably said that about a year ago. You did, you did. Right. That's what I was saying. Yeah, it was okay. about a year ago. Things have changed. Okay. So from, Tell as, me, explain. As the market does change. So since I would say the start of this year, things have really firmed up. And that's to do with demand. There's no new cars. So obviously there's a, there's a huge market for used cars. And everything has strengthened back up. Now... Obviously, when we first hit COVID, a load of cars come to the market because people thought they were losing their businesses. They were in big trouble. So the first thing to go is the cars. So they all come back to the market, which is why there was a big soften off, especially in the supercar. Not really in my market. Which They're, is 50 odd grand. Yeah, that, 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 all, that never really lost any money. That was fine. And that's obviously proven now because I'm still here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so fair. So. Um, but the supercar market had a, had a dip, obviously, because them businesses and business owners, they were flapping like we all were. But then when people realised that actually quite a lot of businesses were, were better off and then they get into this year and uh, oh, we can go into it in terms of bounce back loans and the money that the furlough money that all come into the market as well. And that's all made a difference. These cars have all strengthened back up again. Now, do I think that next year I'll be saying that they're still strong? No. I think they're going to come again. We're going to have another poo it's again. It's a bloody roller coaster. But, but that is the car market in general. It, mm. it is a roller coaster. And when they come down, they level up, they go back up. This is un, uncharted. This is a bit unprecedented because I've never really known it to be like this in the 15 years that I've been in the job. 
to fluctuate so much. The, the, yeah. So I've obviously you get your peaks and troughs, and that's in all businesses. But but for the for the jump, the the jump's been more than the decline was last year. Okay. So um, and that market has really benefited from it. So the timing, which is probably why the the Leonard collection lads decided to sell. Or collecting well. cars advised them to or, sell. We don't know the exact Just yeah, collecting cars of, of a database and they know what them cars sell for within general because they've been around long enough now to know. And obviously you know Ed and he knows a lot about the car market and he he would have advised them for sure. So, um, yeah, they've just done, they've just Interesting. sold high. Interesting, because again, coming into this, looking at it on my screen, I was like, oh, they've done well here because... In my mind, I was like, it's not the best time to be selling these kind of cars. But, well, look, let, we've been dancing around for ages. I just want to get into the numbers. <laughs> I want to talk, because firstly, some of the cars are so exciting, but also I want to talk about specific models and, and where we think about it. So we've got to kick off strong right at the top with the big hitting number, which is a Carrera GT for £765,000. This is all, these are all minus buyer's fee. So but collecting cars. six grand. Because it's all after that, after that, after six percent, no, 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 yeah, six grand maximum. No, so six percent, six percent, or six grand maximum. So there's no six percent on that. You're joking. Hold on. Hold on. How much does it cost to buy a car? The end still will be. Uh, we charge you a six percent premium as detailed in our fees, or six grand maximum, which is five grand plus that. I should know more than you, but but you you clearly know more well, than I bought, me. I bought cars from there, but you didn't buy seven hundred sixty-five grand. <laughs> No, because it's too expensive. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, so six grand mass, maximum, really? Maximum fee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well played. Yeah. So, um, but it doesn't take long to do the numbers on what they were revert out of that lender collection, although... Oh, yeah, six grand maximum. Sorry, yeah. well done. I just wanted to confirm that. So, so okay. that, although that's smoke and mirrors because of the bills and whatnot. But anyway, so how many miles is that car done? So, here we go. A uh, 4,000 mile Carrera GT. Uh, it's left-hand drive, 6,500 kilometres. They're all left-hand drive. I know, just clarifying. Not everyone knows that. Uh, six and a half thousand kilometers. Uh, yellow, beautiful files. Yellow UK car service history. Um, so God, now we're going to really so start getting into so it. Aren't we? It is a uh, German market car, right? Um, service history was two thousand and six, two thousand and nine, two thousand and twelve, two thousand and nineteen. Um, so every not good service history. No, not good service history. Uh, 25 kilometres, 4,000 kilometres, 5,000 kilometres, 6,000 kilometres. So, yeah, I mean, I think the point you're trying to make is this is not the best Carrera GT out there. That, ha- as far as I'm concerned, that has gone for bonkers money. Congratulations if you bought that, by the way. But, but that, that, this is my reaction as well. That is huge money. Yeah. So if I, I don't want a Carrera GT and I would never want one. But if I was wanting a Carrera GT, I would want the best um, model or the best example that mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm, find mm-hmm. on the market. Mm-hmm. And when I mean that, I mean the lowest miles, the um, serviced every year. Mm-hmm. I actually have a friend. I've got a lot of friends. <laughs> but I actually have a friend. He's in the finance business. And he has... A 900-mile Carrera Wait, GT. what is the point in that? What is the point? You're saying that like that's a good thing. What no, is no, the no, point no, in no. that? There is no... There is he no, can't go near it. No, no, no. He can never drive it. That's what... What is the point in that? He can never... It's an investment, which is up to him. That's fine. No. 
Sorry. No, no, but that, that's what... That, mate, Don't listen. buy a car as an investment. But, drive drive it. So why is that bloke bought it then? Well, I'm hoping to drive it and have a good time. I bet he ain't. I know, I bet he hasn't as well if you're paying 765000 My point being, I'm sorry, I'm really not a fan of, of those really, really, really low mileage. You, I agree with everything you're saying until you said low mileage. I wouldn't give a crap about the mileage because actually right. the more used, the better it is. As we know with every supercar and we say regularly, the more used these cars, the better they work. Okay, so let me finish. Yep. So these cars at this value, at mm-hmm. this point... They're all investments, mate. Sure, no, no, fair this enough. Is fair what enough. It's big, about. big, big money. Yeah. So, so if you if you want, if you're going to spend that money on that car, you want the best example, the lowest mileage with the best history. Simple as that, because mm-hmm. it's not it's not there to drive. If you want one to drive, go and buy a thirty thousand mile one because mm-hmm. they're around. Sure, and they're worth half the value essentially because of the miles. But that's fine because you're going to drive it. And if if that's exactly what I would do, by the way, um. When I don't think that's the best example, I mean, fair no, play. But but that's the whole point, right? It doesn't matter. F- firstly, the the point we're seeing here is people are now really starting to pay big money for Carrera GTs. Because you're right, if you are a thoroughbred collector buying this car as an investment, which you maybe not, maybe just some really rich guy just wanted a yellow Carrera GT to go and drive around. Who knows? We and don't know. Fair fair play to him if that's what he's going to do. A- absolutely. Yeah. But either way, you would suspect, therefore a 1,000-mile Carrera GT with immaculate year-on-year service history from Porsche UK supplied is close to a million pounds. Which is what my friend's got. It's not exactly the same car, which is why he will never drive it for that reason. Because he paid big money for it. Sure. So he's got to, got to keep it as yeah. it is. And it goes to Reading every year to be serviced on a lorry. So that's what I, that's, that's what I read from that Carrera GT is, is that it really is happening. People are starting to spend ludicrous money yep. on Carrera GTs. Yeah. Let's move on. 1992 911 Carrera RS, a 964 Carrera RS, again in yellow, PTS factory colour, mm-hmm. 169,000. I actually think, bang on the money. Go on. You want all the breakdown again? No, 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 no. It's take us a while. No, no, no. <laughs> it's going to be two hours this episode. Big miles, 110,000 kilometres. Fair. Uh, but apart from that, a really nice spec. Uh, this was, I actually don't know. I'm not going to go through every single one because no, no, we no, are no, going to no. be here for ages. Yeah, yeah. But I, I have always kept my own 964 RSs because I just love the look of them. Mm. Love the look, love the idea. Everything about them is super cool. And I've seen a few and I just think, I just think that's kind of right. hundred. It's maybe a bit strong for the miles, but there's no reason why that car shouldn't work totally fine. Um, it's a German market car again. I just think it's good. I, I think that's good. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe it's strong, but I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, 997 GT2 RS. 350 grand. Yeah. That's a ton of money. That's a huge That is a ton of money. Yeah. Well played. Stunning car though. Very cool. But that seems, to me, that's a hundred grand more than I would have thought it would have gone for. I would say that the guys have sold all them cars has made an absolute fortune on them cars. But that was a bidding war. 107 bids. But that's but that's people what went happened. nuts for it. But that's what happens on auctions, mate. People of course, just get excited. But that's that's what we're saying. This is why this is so great. This yeah. is why I'm so loving yeah. what collecting cars are doing here because yeah. it's giving us that insight and also it's allowing us to say that's a lot of money. But that's because it was a bidding war. Yeah, you know, and that's why this doesn't control. It's not like every GT2 RS now is 350 grand. No. That's because a number of people wanted that specific car. Yeah. and drove that that mon- that figure up. Yeah, four GT 2005 four GT. 281 grand. Again, I think strong. Very strong. I think that is good money for that car. I, 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 
is that car worth that much money? Who knows? Clearly it is, but it's, it's a worth, lot of money. It's worth that much money to the bloke that wrote the check for it, but is it worth that much money in the real market? Probably not. You wouldn't have many people bidding that money for them for any of them cars. I I just wonder whether that four GT is a two hundred fifty or nearly three hundred grand car. I just not sure it's that good. I love it, but it's not not sure it's that good. We'll skip past the Land Rover because it's a very nice Defender, sold for thirty six grand. GT two RS nine nine one. What did that go for in the end? Three hundred thirty grand. What miles? Five sack pack. Miles two thousand miles. It's retail. It's full on full retail. Yeah. Great. I mean, stunning spec, red, gold wheels. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's an interesting one. 991.1 GT3 RS, 154 grand. That's bang on the money, isn't it? 8,000 miles. What what is it again? 991.1, first gen GT3 RS. Yeah. 154 grand. What miles? 8,000. Yeah. It's bang on the money. Yeah. Which is brilliant. I mean, like, like, strong. Yeah. Uh, 993 Carrera RS. This one, I think, was the surprise of the bunch. 280,000. Too much. You, I think that's hinting at where that market's going to go. Yeah. 1,100 of those cars made or something like that. Yeah. It's a lot of money, but I think that's because that's where the car's going to go. Again, a bit of a bidding war, 86 bids. The thing is, you know, as well, for me, I obviously look at these cars at trade, and I shouldn't because that's a retail site. But also... Yes, but also you don't operate in this world. Like no. like a, a 1995 Carrera RS, as I say, in my mind, I see that going where Carrera GTs are going. Yeah. For the collectors so, of collectors, that's a special, special car. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, that's a different kind of dealer that's dealing with those kind of cars, but a different kind of buyer as well. Yeah. Uh, of which you have a few, but... but you There's know. an AMG GTR there. We're going to get there. Uh, M3 competition, 34 grand. Fine, nice. Couple of bikes, couple of old Chevys. Don't know much about that. Let's get into it. Challenge for Dali. Uh, 2004 Challenge for Dali. Again, not the best example. And therefore, we've seen that with the figure. 117 grand, left-hand drive. I would actually say a little bit soft. It, it was. It's about right. It is about right. Left-hand drive Challenge for Dali's have, have been a bit iffy for a while now. What miles has that got? Uh, it was not the lowest of them all. And again, it didn't have perfect servicing history. Yeah, 66,000 kilometres. Actually, I'd say that's quite strong. Yeah, it's good money. For some reason, I think I saw it as higher. So yeah, that, that's good money actually for that car. Yeah. Um, AMJ GT... AMJ? AMJ GTR. 100 grand. Um, what miles? The mileage of that was 4,000 miles. Yeah. That's ceramic car. That's quite good, isn't it? Uh, track focused performance car. Hold on a second. You're asking me all the questions that I haven't got the information to, so I'm gonna I'm gonna find it as we go. Uh, da, 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 da. Standard GTR specification. Factory fitted includes cruise control, sound system, roll bar, brake calipers. No, I don't think it does have ceramics. Can I think get, that's quite that's quite a lot of money for that can car. Can you get isn't a big it? picture up of it? You want to see the brake calipers or something? Yes, please. Bloody hell! So you have got your work brain going. I'm just looking at this, going, "Wow, cars!" Um, hold on a second. <laughs> There you go. What's that? It's got goldy ones. Ceramics, Carbon ceramics. Ceramics, yeah. So that car, again, with the fees, because don't forget, they've all got fees on top. Yeah, yeah, 106 grand. Yeah. That, that's retail money. That is retail money for yeah, that car? Yeah, I'd say. So I sold one with 4,000 miles uh, November, December time for 100 grand on the nose. Okay. With same thing, but the market's changed slightly, so it's probably gone up 10 grand retail. So... Yeah, it's probably one... It's, it's retail money, mate. 
This one's quite interesting. GTC4 Lusso V12. 181 grand, 600 quid. I mean, it's nearly 182 grand. I think that's quite a bit, isn't it? Yeah. For 8,000 miles in the car? Yeah. That's quite yeah. a lot. So that's done well. That's done very well. 180 grand? Yeah. For a Lusso, plus, t- L- plus, sorry, V12 Lusso. Plus fees? Yeah. Yes, yeah, bonkers. That's big money, isn't it? My mate's just bought one for Ferrari, 176. Oh, no. From Ferrari. Sorry, Mr. Lusso buyer. <laughs> quite a lot for that um we're going to come back to the 512m because there's a really interesting case study here uh we'll move on to another 964 rs 380 grand because it's delivery mileage yeah 164 kilometers from new the problem is again that's another car you, you can't, can't touch it. you can't drive it. can't touch this goes no. into a museum somewhere doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah Oh, those cars really annoy me. But I guess if you're an investor or collector, you just like to have it and look at it and it's an investment. It, so it, It's the difference between them, shall I have a car that I can look at, shall I have a new watch or shall I have a painting? You can't drive yeah. a paint. You know, some people just... They're assets. To, they're just assets, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, now, another interesting one, another delivery mileage, GT3 RS 4 litre, 430 grand. Right and drive. Uh, Please tell me it's no. a right-hand drive. No, really? Uh, hold on. Must be a right-hand drive car. Right-hand drive, sorry. <sighs> Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that again, that, I mean, that's a really rare car, that to be Really fair. rare it's car. It's a very rare Delivery car. mileage, incredibly rare car. Yeah, find another one with that mileage. There won't be many. Well, a, probably isn't a right-hand And that is car. a collector's car, a four-litre. That is a real collector's car. Yeah, you can't drive that. No chance. No, but in general, even if it had miles, they're, they're cars that collectors are, Correct. Se- are seeking. Yeah. Um, 911997 Sport Classic. 261 grand. I'm impressed by that because I know of a number of sport classics that have been knocking around for sale recently of that kind of money and not moving. Softened off them. Maybe they've softened off, but but that that's still hasn't. strong though. I think that <laughs> yeah, one yeah. that one hasn't. That's what I mean, you know, right hand drive car like manual, like all the bits you'd want. They're all manual, right? I know. Oh. Don't know why I'm saying the wrong facts, but it's <laughs> because I'm just looking at the I'm just trying to give you bits of information here okay, and there. Fine. Obviously, I'm saying completely random, useless information. But I would say that's that's done pretty well. As a scud there. Yeah, we're going to come on to that. Because okay. I want to talk about the 512M. Got a right-hand drive car versus a left-hand drive car. There's 100 grand in it. It's pretty good, isn't it? Mm, yeah. For a Ferrari 512M. Yeah. The scud. What does that make? Now, I know what they're worth because I look at them a lot. 180 grand. Right-hand drive car. What miles? Really nice spec. And it is 14,000 miles. Mm, uh, it's about right. Um, full again, full retail. Yeah, it's about Th- right. This is the bit I don't get. You see, because for something like that, and again, you have got to take your hats off for collecting cars, for achieving the money for these cars, and for the seller, it's unbelievable. For the buyer, I don't get it, because you can go into a Ferrari dealer and buy one with a Ferrari warranty. Less Mate, miles. The website money. is collecting cars. It's not buycheapcars.com. No, I know, but no, no, but from the from the consumer, I'm not going in on them. I'm saying from the consumer going in, why would you bid that money for that car when you can go to Ferrari and get a warranty and buy one for Ferrari for, for less money? Why does anyone ever buy one not from a Ferrari dealer? Correct. Because uh, the, the point being that, Firstly, you don't know how high the bidding's going to go, right? You never know how high the bidding's going to go. And in your head, you've got a figure of where you want to go and you'll always go a little bit beyond it, won't you? And what this does is open up doors to cars that you might not have known about or give you access to cars or potentially get you in a car for a bit of a steal. That's the beauty of auction. Sometimes you can go in low or high. So I see what you're saying, but 
that's the same as saying I should never come and buy uh, a non-warranted product out of any dealership. But we all know that that's not how I operate or how a lot of people operate. But what I'm saying is from a consumer's point of view, sure, and, unless unless there's no yellow ones on the market and that man wanted a yellow mm-hmm. 430 scub, which is entirely possible because if there's no yellow ones, that's what it's worth. And maybe it does literally come down to colour and spec and that person at that point wants that exact car. But for me, sometimes looking in, because I because of my job, I always look values, you see. You overanalyse. I overanalyse, yeah. So again... We both looked at that list to completely different eyes. Oh, completely. And we still are. From every single number we're looking at, we're talking about different things entirely. Correct. Because I look at it from a work point of view yeah. and you're looking at it from... A fanboy point from, of view. Can't <laughs> afford anything. It's going, wow! <laughs> oh, what's this? It's amazing! What's this? Look at that money! Yeah, oh. for sure. Um, okay, so let's move on. Uh, we've got a 170 grand BMW Z8. Impressive. How much? 170 grand. Yeah. But they are starting to go nuts. They are they starting are, to go really yeah. nuts. Yeah, bond car. One of the sort of, I think, least well-performing, 996 Turbo, 43 grand. Uh, 60,000 mile car, fine, but really nice guards red. Um, pretty decent service history, it has to be said. And they've started, I mean, it's, it's about right. Um, but given the hype around this collection, given the hype around 996s and that spec and the way it was well looked after, I kind of saw that going maybe a little bit more. Um, a little bit more yeah I, I genuinely did because really? 906 Turbos I think have been sort of creeping up sort of mid mid four, late. I've seen some around 50 these days <laughs> really yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, so, okay, so and that's a particularly nice spec I think I would think that's speculative have I said that right speculative yeah yeah well done got there um, at, that, at 50 grand so that's a, probably a Porsche specialist advertising it for a customer because having a go well I uh, tried to take one of them in part exchange obviously I'd never sell it and I tried to get an underwrite for it for a, a pool specialist or anyone to buy it and I could not get a bid for it really so no I, I, could, I didn't do the deal interesting so, which uh, you know I mean I could go through that list and tell you what I could get a bid for. And no, but we I don't want to ruin anyone's day because some people have no, bought some cars right. they're very excited about here. <laughs> it's what, not what we're here to do. Um, 911R, delivery mileage 911R. Oh, that's a nice car. 360 grand. <gasps> a friend of mine just picked one of those up, actually. Would uh, you buy one of them? Would I buy one? Mm, not for that money, money but no, yes. Yeah, me too. Uh, would I buy one over a Touring? I'm starting to think yes, even though I've driven oh, both. It's just something a bit more racy about the R. It's an RS. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, but but obviously, as you've said a million times before, the generations get better and better. So the new GT3 is as good as the old RS. Correct. So GT3 Touring, whilst it's a softer... You know, understand my thinking. I, don't, I completely... <laughs> Thank you. You know, there's just something a little bit different just about something it. something a bit edgy and... A bit more special. And, yeah. 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 So, yeah, 911 R. So my friends have picked one up for a, a deal that I'm not even going to talk about because it's so unbelievably, ridiculously amazing. Um, but Gee. yeah, very cool. Uh, I'll tell you afterwards. You're okay, blown. It's ridiculous. Am I going to be angry? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 964 Turbo, 3.6, 165 grand. This is the one that blows me away. Right-hand drive, 996 GT3 RS, 200 grand. 200 grand, because it's the blue one. Yeah, but do you know what as well? I'll tell you another thing. There really wasn't many of them cars built. There wasn't many of them, especially not blue. Yeah. But I mean... Still, two hundred grand. You could have what? Could you get a three RS? Yes, as in a new one as well. Yes. I mean. What a joke! 
Because that's not necessarily... I mean, maybe it is an investment of that much. I don't know. That's no, just a lot of money. I don't... Uh, me, not me. I, I don't, don't think that's an investment of that much. Another 964 RS, 231 grand. There is a that's lot of money sloshing around at the moment. So much money. It's terrible. Well, let's it? prove it. 997 Speedster, 200 grand. Eh, could have seen that getting more. I don't know why. Obviously, very few of them, so... Uh, I think potentially, I can't remember what we've looked at, but maybe the second biggest was a 2.7 RS, 1973, 2.7 RS, 430 grand. That makes sense to me out of all these cars. Um, and a nine, 1988 Carrera Club Sport, 220 grand. Big money. Mm. And then a slightly more usable uh, left-hand drive, 3 RS, 4 litre, 266 grand. <sighs> So 200 grand difference between the delivery mileage right-hand drive and the decent mileage left-hand drive. Nuts, isn't it? Amazing. So yeah, it's just a fascinating insight. I think, yes, you're right. The takeaway is the market is strong. Yeah. Fundamentally. Um, it, it was exciting to watch, exciting to see. Uh, you know, fascinating insight into some cars and, and the way that some cars are going, mm. how people are buying. I definitely think there's this shift at the moment from collectors of 1960s cars that were maybe a generation now that are slowly slowing down they're collecting to this new era which is a lot more into 80s and 90s stuff which we're seeing you know gt1 porsches mclaren f1s carrera rs's carrera gts all these kind of cars starting to really really but pick these up. are 30 and 40 year old cars now so that's just what happens it, of course because yeah. it's all you know dispendable income isn't it yeah. so you know it's the people who've now started to make a lot of money or, or got to a point in their life where they have disposable income uh they're buying the cars that they grew up with or they lusted after when they were teenagers you know we need to get on here Go because on. even i don't i can't i can probably answer it modern but not not in that field we need to get someone on from the classic car market that thinks or can predict what's going to happen in 2030. Interesting. When we get to electric. Because judging on what people are bidding for these cars, there's no sign of flowing up there. No. My God. But is that to have them on display in their their houses? Or is that... Do you see what I'm saying? In their houses? Well, you know what I mean? like In their garages. Big houses. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Are people buying these... Because we all know that they're not going to be around for much longer. They buy them to drive them, display them. What's the point? Yeah. I I honestly think, again, we're, we're talking quite a long way ahead and things could change. But I, I honestly think that combustion engine cars will be all right across the board. Mm. Because for me, people will go, oh, well, I know why you're saying that because you're a car dealer and you're just worried about your investment. But we move with the times, mate. I'll be sending electric cars in. 2035. I don't care what the market does because it's un- the only the only the only risk I take is what I'm holding in stock. Mm-hmm. But once that's gone, I, I just go with the time. So you know my my opinion of it is not because of my personal gain. It, it doesn't matter to me. So I think they'll be all right. Petrol cars. Well, but you're right. The interesting thing is what 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 about the collecting side? The the these cars that are big big money because there's mm. a difference between you know petrol cars in general, combustion engine yeah, yeah. cars in general, and then the, these collecting pieces. Yeah. Because you know that that's the question. If you're spending seven hundred sixty five grand on a Carrera GT in ten years time, whether it's a collecting piece or or not, you might not be allowed to have it. You know, you might be getting taxed on just uh, on just owning it. We don't know. So, yeah, how is that going to change the cars that are being bought, the collection, the values? 
I have had a few people reach out in that sense. I'm going to have a little think about someone we could get mm. on to talk about that, about, you know, the modern classic collecting market. What and they think. And it, obviously we, because from them we've got to be a little bit careful because would you get someone on with a biased view because that's what they do there. Because if you get someone that, is is a collector collecting cars? They're obviously going to say, "Yeah, it's all going to be fine." It's great. It's, get involved. It, it's great. It's, and yeah, a, a do we deep... want a collector or a an auctioneer or do it like? I think I we want think someone impartial. Maybe both. Yeah, we can go at it. We can just sit here and listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have natted on far too long today. Got a little bit carried away with that Leonard collection, but I just found it a really interesting, fascinating insight. Yeah, me too. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed our sort of reaction, or 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 let us know your thoughts as well. Do you think it was was an amazing auction? Or you should maybe you don't care. I don't know, but and if you bought one of them, get in touch. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> we want to film it. Uh, oh, sorry, I want to film it for the main channel. <laughs> Anyway, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Do not worry. Uh, episodes will continue again next week. We've got our EV guests lined up for our EV special. Next week? That is coming next week or the week after. Fair. That's coming. So we're going to go in on EVs finally. Um, if you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Check it out. Various ways to get involved with the podcast, including access to our upcoming live events. If you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravel with car sales on most in social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And we'll be back with you next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 